Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of uh, the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and you with myself, Muhammad Zain Majid. And uh, yes, it's that time of the evening, of course, on a Thursday time for Q&A. And of course, we'll be joined uh, very shortly with the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, who will, of course, uh, answer all of your questions. And... Um, the options uh, for you to, to, to send us through your questions is, of course, you can uh, SMS us on 47913 or you can, of course, uh, um, WhatsApp us on 0722380712. And joining us uh, this evening from uh, Pretoria, and none other than Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brother Muhammad Zain, barakallahu feekum, jazakallahu khairan. MashaAllah, how's Mufti keeping in Pretoria this evening? No, Alhamdulillah, everything is fine. Alhamdulillah, last week they had the Istima in Lens, 40, uh, in Pretoria, rather, 40,000 people, mashallah. So, mashallah, we're meeting some of the brothers who are still working here, you know, after all the big gathering. Mm-hmm. So, mashallah, things are very well here. Nice weather here. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mufti, we go straight into our first question this evening. It says, Mufti, can women go into the masjid when they have their menses? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasooli al-Kareem Amma ba'd All praise due to Almighty Allah The sustainer, nourisher and cherisher of the universe Peace, blessings and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Almighty Allah jalla wa Speaks of this topic very similar Almighty Allah states, Ya Yuladina Amanu, La Takrabu Swalata wa Antum Sukara, Hatta Talamu Matakulun, Wala Junuban Illa Abiri. So it shows that people who are in the state of intoxication and the people who are in the state of Junub, and that is ceremonial impurity, so they cannot come near the masjid and enter the masjid. So similarly, when a lady is in a state of menses, then also she cannot enter the masjid. You know, when Nabi alayhi salatu salam performed the farewell hajj, just before coming to Makkah, our mother Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, then her menses started. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa told her, now you can't perform your umrah. If Ali kama yaf'alul hajj, ghayra Allah tatufi bilbayt, that now you can't perform, so you must do, you know, everything the hajis do, go to Mina, Arafat, Muzdalifa, but you can't perform tawaf of the Baytullah. So this is the reason, because a lady who is in hayes in menses, cannot enter the masjid. Shukran Mufti, uh, listeners, says, I would just like to know what the Quran says about niqab and the different madhaib. Is a woman's face part of her odor? Remember that Almighty Allah addresses this issue in Surah 33, Surah Hazab, verse 59. Almighty Allah Jalla wa'ala states, Ya Ayyuhan Nabi, O Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Kulli azwaji, tell your beloved wives, Wabanatik and your beloved daughters, Wanisail mu'mineen and the believing men, their women, so our mothers, wives, daughters, sisters, Yudinina alayhinna min jalabi bihin. They have to draw close to themselves, meaning they have to wear the jilbab, that's the outer garment. Now when you go to the tafsir of Abdullah ibn Abbas and the great, great eminent illustrious sahaba, radiallahu anhum, then they say that she has to cover the face and so forth. 
We must not make a mistake. Aura of a woman is different, and when she emerges from a house, that is different. Aura means when that lady is reading Salat, for example, her entire body will be covered except her face and her hands. And her feet also will be covered according to Shafi'is, Maliki's, Hanbali's, that's compulsory. Hanafi's say mustahab better but not compulsory regarding the feet. So that is aura. But when the lady emerges from the house, then the laws of niqab and all that is different. So we must remember these two separate issues there. Shikhan Mufti, keep those questions uh, coming via the SMS line on the number 47913 or you can WhatsApp us on 072-238-0712. I'm just going through a couple of questions uh, that we have received last week before I attend to this evening's questions. Uh, Mufti, if a woman divorced or divorced with children, she's not working, looking after kids, must the husband pay for rent, food and all bills for her and her children, Mufti? Here we need to understand two, three separate issues. When the husband divorced his wife, then all the expenses that the husband has to pay for his wife, so he will pay that during the Iddat period. So her clothing and food and everything. And for the children, yes, that he will continue paying for the daughters till they get married, for the sons till they can work on their own, you know, and so forth. So all that will be there. Now, obviously, if the children are small, and the mother is taking care, so the children are staying in the house, so he will have to pay the rental, the water lights, telephone, all that will be upon him, so all that will be compulsory upon the husband. The intention is that he's paying for the children, although the ex-wife is also benefiting. Shukran indeed, the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and of course the voice here of uh, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein answering all of your questions. Now my husband's children is under 18, don't want to live with me, the stepmother, as they don't accept that we made nikah without the consultation. Um, Mufti, what does uh, my husband moved out to live with them now? I only see him two hours per week, no intimacy for 30 days. Is this right? What are my rights as his wife? Obviously, what the husband is doing is unacceptable. You can't just leave your wife and go away, and then you don't leave no provision and all these type of things. So that is unacceptable. Every husband must know what the Quran Karim states. Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 19, وَآشِرُوا هُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Treat your wives with love, with equity and justice. We can't just be walking away and just leave them. What must they do from where they're going to get income? What about the children if they're children? So therefore, we must be much more responsible. Okay, Shukran Mufti. Now, Mufti, can Mufti please explain this Judah Shukr? Remember, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam allowed Sajdai Shukr, for example, Ka'ab bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala an, when they did not go for the battle of Tabuk, the Quran speaks of it, wa'ala salatatil ladina khullifu, the three sahaba radiallahu an stayed behind for 55-0 days, as mentioned in Bukhari Sharif, there was a boycott, and then the Atoba was accepted. When the good news came to him, then he made sajda. So sajda shukar is allowed. But what is gone viral nowadays, that is not allowed. What is gone viral nowadays is this, that any person and anywhere you are, you just go into sajda, whether you are facing Qibla or you're not facing Qibla, whether you got huzu, you don't have huzu. Example, a person, his name Ahmed Muhammad, is playing football. 
and now he scored a goal. So now he just goes and jump with his short pants into Sajda. Since when all this can be permissible? The person is playing cricket. He scored a century. Now he decides, let me make Sajda there on the pitch. So how can all that be permissible when that person got no huzu, that person don't have Qibla direction, nothing. So according to Aimma, Arba'a, Shafi'is, Maliki's, Hanafi's, Hanbali's, that is not permissible. And the dalil and evidence for that is that Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke about this uh, salat. And salat is not la salata bighayri tuhurin. So tuhurin. So salat must be done with taharat. So how this law is applicable for Salat, it is applicable for the Jews of Salat, the portion, like Sajda Tilawat, for example. You can't read Sajda Tilawat without Hudu, without facing Qibla. So the same laws will apply for Sajda Shukar as well. Back. We continue now with Q&A on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and uh, joining us once again online none other than Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. And uh, we continue now uh, taking your questions. Of course, you can do that via the SMS line on 47913 or WhatsApp us on 072-238-0712. Uh, the next question that we've got, Mufti, is Salam Mufti, I'm no longer married. I fussed my, married, my husband and I'm living with my children their father took ill he needs care now my children took him in we don't talk much uh, and I keep my distance we are not young are we allowed to live under the same roof Mufti in an irrevocable nothing that is separation between you all it's similar to a talaq so it's not talaq in a technical sense but the nikai is finished so anyway the point here will be that we will say for you all to stay in one house under one roof that's not permissible so either what you can do is that you get married to him and in that way all the problems will get solved or either that he moves out or you move out or you have to do something but to stay in one house under the same roof and after Fasakh without the nikah that would definitely not be permissible. Shikam Mufti, we're just going to phone Mufti back quickly because the line is very, very scratchy and see if we can get a better line. Inshallah, to the listeners, in the meantime, keep those questions uh, coming via the SMS line on 072-238-0712 or SMS us to the number 47913. Remember, we'll continue the program until just before um, Aisha this evening, Inshallah. Um, if I look at my next question that is coming, it says, Salam Mufti, I understand under under mother's feet is Jannah, but what does that mean if my mother is a rude and treats my wife like an outsider despite she trying to be a daughter and not her daughter-in-law? I must just look and say nothing. 
Is it wrong to tell my mom that she is also my amanat mufti? Mohammed Zain, I think there's a jinnat here. <laughs> now this line you phoned me, my line is gone scratchy. So I can't hear. Uh, your words are playing, but it's all double, double. So okay. I can't. So either you'll phone me again from that first line, or we go on my cell phone. Whatever you'll decide. All my cell phones are on. So, but I, we can't get you with this line because okay. it's very dodgy. No problem. We'll get rid of that jinnat quickly. Recite a few verses, inshallah. We're going to play the ads. And when we come back after this, uh, we'll continue with Q&A. Well, welcome back. We continue now with Q&A. Well, um, that question that I posed, Mufti, it says, Salam, Mufti, I understand and, um, that under the feet, the mother's feet is Jannah. But what does that mean? If my mother is rude, treats my wife like an outsider, despite she trying to be her daughter and not even a daughter-in-law, I must uh, just look and say nothing. Is it wrong to tell my mother, my mother uh, that she is also my amanat, Mufti? Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us al-jannah to tahtaqdam al-ummahat which means that under the feet of the mother lies jannah but obviously it does not mean that a mother has a license to oppress people or to trample on the rights of people meaning that you must speak to your mother with love and respect if she is wrong and so forth but you must never ever show disrespect to her or hate her and so forth. You can hate the son, but you can't hate the person. So what you should try and do is you should be the peacemaker, put your wife there, put your mother there, and explain to both parties what their roles are. And in that way, you beg Almighty Allah that sanity can prevail. Now, Mufti, which is more beneficial doing tawaf or umrah every day during the month of Ramadan? Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Umratun fi Ramadan ta'adilu hajjatan ma'i. When a person performs Umrah during Ramadan, then you receive the reward of Hajj with me, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is authentic hadith in Muslim and various compilations. But remember, majority of the scholars say that the more tawaf you make, it is better than Umrah in all months, including Ramadan. All of you going for Umrah now in Ramadan or Shaban or whenever, remember, practice on this hadith mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif, Man tafa bil bayti khamsina marra kharaja min dhunubihi kayomin waladatu ummuhu who performs tawaf 50 times, five zero. So one tawaf is seven rounds, seven circuits. So you go around the Baytullah, the Kaaba Musharrafa, 350 times, and kharajamin zunubihi kayomin waladatu You come out so pure and cleansed from your sons like the day your biological mother gave birth to you. So try and do that, my dear sister, dear brother. Now, Mufti, um, is it permissible for a lady to perform salah during pregnancy uh, if there's any complications? Yes, she must read salah even if she's pregnant or she's breastfeeding because we must remember she is not in hayes, she's not in menses, she is not in nifas, she's postnatal. So if she can't stand and read, then she must sit and read. If she can't sit and read, then she lie down and read. Mustafa sallallahu told Imran bin Hussein radiallahu anhuma, salli qa'iman, stand and read. Fa illam tastati, fa salli qa'idan, 
So sit and read. So even if you sit on a chair, but you must read and perform your salat on time, sister. Now, Mufti, I'm about to get married, says a young lady, and would like to attend marriage classes. My fiancé keeps on promising to take me um, and him, but always seem to have excuses and gets upset whenever the question gets popped and has more excuses. Can Mufti please advise me as to what to do in this case? No, in a case like that, you leave the fiancé and the fiancé out and all that, both of you. You go to a Mu'allima sister and ask the Mu'allima to teach you. You brother, you go to the Sheikh alone and the Sheikh will teach you. The main thing you must know is that what you must do on your wedding night, I'll tell you now quickly, on your wedding night you must read the two rakat nafil salat. You, the husband, you will be the imam and your wife will be behind you. It's a new phase, a new stage in your life. Number two is you give your wife a gift beside the mahar that you gave her, the mascavi, besides that. And third one, you just sprinkle water on your wife's forehead and your wife sprinkles some forehead on you. You see, brother, this we call the radiator policy. You see, in the car, it gets hot, so you got radiator. So you know, you get cross and angry with her and all that. So therefore, you just put the water on her forehead, she put on you, so Allah says, cool now and moi, inshallah. And um, you make dua. Surah 25, verse 74, Surah Furqan, the criterion, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata'yun. Ya Allah, grant us spouses and children that are the coolness of the eyes. And you read, Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud, Ya Allah, enhance this love of ours. Amen, inshallah. Now, Mufti, is it permissible for a couple to get married on the disapproval of the wakil, in this case, who is the brother, and parents, uh, the mother, with enough evidence to prove the guy is not suitable for her, but the girl is adamant that they're still in contact and he is promising her they will be together, Mufti? Remember that if the girl's father is alive, the girl's father is a Muslim and he refuses and he has valid grounds to refuse, then if the brother or anybody else give permission, that permission would not be valid because Mustafa Habibuna said authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Abu Dawood La Nikaha Illa Biwaliin and more so obviously we answer the questions as they are posed to us that you are saying that this boy and girl are not really compatible to one another and so forth. So in a case like that, oh sister, don't let your emotions get the better of you. Listen to your father and so forth. And there are valid grounds he has because that boy is not suitable, compatible for you. Shikha, indeed, uh, keep those questions coming in via the SMS line 47913 or WhatsApp us on 072. 2380712. The program is QA. We continue after this. The voice of the
Welcome back. We continue with Q&A on 91.3 FM. Keep those questions coming via the SMS line 47913 or WhatsApp at 072-238-0712. Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain on the line this evening from Pretoria answering your questions. Now, Mufti, can a husband sleep with a co-wife if it's not her turn to be with him? As she says, because she's the first wife, he can. Mufti? I don't know what's happening. Just repeat that question, please. Maybe because it's a two-wife story. That's why Mufti did in the end. Let's just go again. It says, Salam, Mufti. Can a husband sleep with a co-wife if it's not her turn to be with him? She says because she's the first wife, uh, he can. Mufti? If you have two, three, four wives, then equality must be done in Mabit. Mabit means spending of the night. So one night, one night, one week, one week. So if it is wife number one's turn and you don't sleep there and you go to wife number two, if you do so without a permission, that is wife number one's permission, then that is not permissible. But if she gave permission, she made iskat a hak, she forfeited a right, then all is permissible. But you unilaterally on your own, you just go, you say no, a khan daso, and you don't take permission, that is not permissible. Shikana Mufti um, says, Shukran for a great show. My parents got married whilst being pregnant with me, so I'm an illegitimate child. Can my father, biological father, be a mahram for me? And secondly, does he break my hudu? And also, how does this compare to a father-in-law? Can the father-in-law break your hudu? I have uh, children from his son, Mufti. Okay, here there are two, three issues we need to clarify. Number one is when your mommy was pregnant and then the nikah is... Mufti, I think Mufti must just move in a better area because now the seems that the cell phone is breaking up there in Pretoria. Mufti, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, Mufti, uh, was Mufti moving because uh, it just broke up for a few seconds there. I can hear Mufti oh. now. Okay. So what I was saying is, according to the Shafi'is, the Malikis, the Hanbalis, that in a case like this, that she will be, or that person who was born, that will be, Dana will be, Majur, between not Tabi to Nasab, will be illegitimate child. Illegitimate child, the Nasab, the lineage goes to the mother and not to the father. So in that case there, if that father, inverted commas, touches her, then the Huzu will break because he's considered as Ajnabi, as a strange person. Regarding the marriage, now she's married, everything, she got father-in-law, so father-in-law is a mahram for her. So remember that if she shakes the hand of the father-in-law or father-in-law shakes her hand, then the wudu is still valid because he falls in the category of mahram and a person she can never ever marry. Shukran Mufti. Now Mufti, I would just like to know what is the process when a man gives his wife one talaq and he comes back to her, do they have to get married again or what should happen if the wife is still under idda? If the husband gave his wife one talaq and she is still in Itta, then he can take her back without the Jidun Nikah, without a new Nikah, there's no problem with that because Quran Karim states at Marratan that if you gave one or two talaq, ma'ruf, you take your wife back during the Itta, there's no problem. However, for the future the husband will only have two talaqs left if this was the first talaq. 
Salam Mufti, my toddler cries when I dress to go out and wear a scarf, uh, even cries blue murder when I make namaz and wear a salatob. Same goes when the baby goes outside. Ladies with scarves, on someone says it's nazar, and someone say the baby sees jeans. How do I know and how do I help the baby is now 22 months old, Mufti? What you should do, sister, is read Kulya al Kafirun, Kul Wallah Wahad, Kul Awud Birabil Falak, Kul Awud Birabil Nas, and Aital Kursi, and blow on the beloved baby of yours, and read always after your Salah and so forth. Surah 46, Surah Ahqaf, verse 15. وَأَسْلِحْ لِي فِي ذُرِّيَّتِي O all, Allah, bring about reform, piety, goodness in my children. So sometimes remember that the baby cries and all these type of things. We believe, Nabi salam said, إِنَّ الْعَيْنَ حَقٌ That verily the evil eye is the truth. So you take this type of defensive mechanism and you read it, blow on that wonderful baby of yours, give out some charity, one fifty cent daily, and all Allah will protect your baby, inshallah. I mean, now Mufti, I want to prepare myself for when it comes for the month of Ramadan. I'm paralyzed and the bath is very high. I can't perform ghusl. What would I do? May Almighty Allah make it easy. So what you should do is this. Either you got your son or daughter or somebody who can help you there in Uru and so forth and Gusal and all that. If it is the father, then the son will help. Or if it's the daughter, if it's the mother, then the daughter should help. And if there's nobody, nobody to help you and you are totally alone, then remember in a case like that, because you are paralyzed and so forth, you can make the yammum also because you fall in the category of a person who's ill and sick. But that will be the last, last resort. So my advice, whether it's wudu, whether it's gusal, remember that you will, you should try and do it or get somebody to assist you, maybe your son or daughter or somebody, and in that way there, that you do what you, you know is the original ibadat and act, and that is the wudu and gusal. Now, Mufti, is a husband allowed to ghusl his wife on the day of her janazah if they uh, stranded like the desert, etc.? Remember, in a normal situation also, if somebody passes away today, so if the wife passed away, can the husband give ghusl to the wife? Yes, that is permissible according to his Maliki, somebody's. And the real and the evidence they give is Sayyidina Hafir radiallahu ta'ala that he gave ghusl to Sayyida Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha. Only the Hanafi say that the husband cannot give ghusl to his wife when she passes away because now the nikah is broken so he can marry his wife's sister so therefore he cannot touch her skin to skin but he can see her uh, Shukran Mufti, what we're going to do is quickly pay the bills and of course when you come but back... But the Gusal only that Hanafi say oh, would I not be Mufti permissible, was but majority scholars say that is permissible. Shukran Mufti, what we're going to do is quickly pay the bills because it seems that our line is again very scratchy. Inshallah, we'll get a better line. But uh, we still have about 20 minutes left of the program uh, Q&A. And of course, remember, you can SMS us. Quite a few questions that we've received both on WhatsApp and on uh, the SMS line. If you are sending any new questions, please 
please rather SMS it to us on 47913 because we are able to go back on the SMS line tomorrow or next week and get those questions. Unfortunately, with the WhatsApp line, we are unable to go back. Uh, once it's gone after 12 o'clock or tomorrow, we won't be able to see it again. So if you're sending in anything new right now, send it rather to 47913. We continue after this. The voice of the continue now with the questions uh, that we have received uh, on Q&A 91.3 FM and it says of course uh, next one does how does one handle being invited to parties where all your friends go but strange young boys are also invited can Mufti please give some advice to deal with this you repeat the question please it says Mufti how does one handle being invited to parties where all your friends are going, but strange young boys are also invited. Uh, can Mufti please give some advice of how to deal with this issue? Remember, Quran Karim is clear on all these issues. Quran Karim, uh, Surah 24, Surah Nur, verse 30 and 31. <laughs> Men. They must lower their gazes and protect their private parts. And then the next verse, Almighty Allah speaks about the females. Similarly, they must lower their gazes. Now, we as Muslims need to understand the rationale in all these laws. Every avenue for nikah, Islam made easy. Every avenue for zina, fornication, adultery, Islam made it difficult. So therefore, Islam says, where they're going to be men and women, young or old, and there's intermingling and all jirmakar, would not be acceptable, because one thing definitely is another, and therefore the Quran Karim states, wala taqrabu zina, do not even go near fornication. So therefore, Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla is telling us, we need to stay away from this type of thing. Now, Mufti, is it permissible for a pregnant woman to sit and perform salah when they feel tired? Also, what can be recited for a healthy, pious baby, inshallah? Remember, for a healthy, pious baby, you should read Surah 37, verse 100. Surah 37, just after Surah Yasin, verse 100. Rabbi habli min as-salihin. O Almighty Allah, grant me pious children. Oh, Almighty Allah, the dua which Nabi Ibrahim made, and then inshallah, Almighty Allah will make your children very pious also. And the other part of the question, Mufti, is it permissible for a pregnant woman to sit and perform salah when she feels tired? When a lady cannot stand and read due to a pregnancy and she sits and reads, so that is permissible. She can sit and read because of a pregnancy. She should not cause harm to herself and not cause harm to the unborn baby, the fetus as well. Uh, can Mufti please explain Jam Salah? Uh, I'm a woman going to stay with my family for one week. And secondly, how far away from home do you qualify to make Jam Salah, Mufti? For a person to be classified and called a musafir, you have to travel 48 miles or more, 78 kilometers or more. You don't work from your house, you work from the boundary. So the boundary of your town or your suburb or whatever, and where your destination is, so boundary to boundary, border to border, 48 miles or 78 kilometers, that is how it works. 
if you make intention to stay there at the destination for four full days and more, then you must read full Salat according to Shafi's, Maliki's, Ambali's. If you make intention to stay there for less than four full days, then you make Qasar Salat, you have the option. So Fajr Salat, you will read two and two, the Sunnahs, and then the Farz, Zohar two, Asar two, Maghrib three, and Isha two. However, Hanafi say, if you stay in your destination for 15 days and more, one five, then you will read full Salat. If you're staying there for 14 days and less, then you will read Qasr Salat according to the Hanafis. Shikhan, can Mufti please explain, I know of a particular person, a Mawlana, who worked with jinn and knew how to chase them away. Is it permissible to work with them in the sense that they can help you, but not anything if fortune-telling? Uh, what is the Islamic ruling on this, Mufti? My advice to you is let the Maulana carry on with the Jinnat stories. You don't get involved in these things here. I'm telling you, I know of incidents where people try to get involved in this, and then they suffered, their family suffered, some people got killed in the process. So, brother, sister, my advice to you, this is a very, very delicate and very, very serious scenario. So therefore, remember that my advice, don't even think of getting involved in this. For protection, you should just read Aytul Kursi, read the four Kuls, Kuliyar Kafirun, and the last three, three surahs, and stay in Wudu, and all Allah will protect you, inshallah. I mean, now Mufti, is it haram for a female to have herself sterilized, meaning she won't be having children anymore, Mufti? In Islam, that is not permissible for a man to get castrated or for a woman to get sterilized because in Islam, Islam says that the ummah must get more and more. So therefore, for the woman to sterilize herself, that definitely is not permissible. Shukran. Uh, on that note, I think what we're going to do is we are going to pay the bills. When we come back, we'll be in the last segment of our program, Q&A. <laughs> Back with the last few minutes of our program Q&A. Uh, next question, it says, Mufti, I'm a single mother of three children and Allah the Almighty helped me to let them grow up with their salah and Quran, alhamdulillah. Now, Mufti, my son that is the eldest one of 30 years old, was very rude to me and if he don't get his way, then he used to break my stuff to puzzle pieces and is disrespectful to me so it became so unbearable that I had to put him out of the house now he's a much better child alhamdulillah did I do wrong Mufti but I asked Allah to guide me that I must never stop making to ask for my children MashaAllah sister Allah Ta'ala reward you you did your best to bring up your three children what you did is totally no son, no daughter got the right to be rude and break things and all these type of activities at the home and threaten the mother or that. So what you did, never feel guilty. Yes, continue making dua for your beloved children. And then he also now has reformed and become a better person. Obviously, he must apologize to you. To all of you, the parents, always read this dua, Surah 46, Surah Ahqaf, verse 15. وَأَسْلِحْ لِي فِي ذُرِّيَّتِي Oh, beloved Allah, bring about reform, piety, goodness in my children, progeny, and grandchildren. 
Shikha Mufti, our next question says, two questions from a listener. Um, I'm so glad to be part of this uh, discussion, alhamdulillah. My question is, Mufti, if my husband left home for more than a month, what is the wife's rights? That's question one. Question number two, can a stepfather marry his stepdaughter? Remember that the husband can't just leave the house and for a month or a week or whatever and now the wife doesn't even know the way about and where must she get the food, who must pay all the bills. This is unacceptable, it's haram for the husband to do that. You want to go somewhere for a week, for a month or whatever, you must make the necessary arrangements, inform your wife, make mashura, consultation. We must be more responsible. We can't just go away and say Allah will take care. We have to tie our camel and then we place our trust in Almighty Allah. So that is the teaching of Islam. Stepfather can't marry stepdaughter if you mean that in a case like this, the lady married now that uh, second husband, let's call him, and after he consummated the marriage with that lady there, then for him to marry the stepdaughter, Quran says, once he has consummated the marriage, so then the stepfather cannot marry the stepdaughter. Absolutely haram. Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 23. Shikhan uh, Mufti, just checking if... Okay, not that question. Salam Mufti, my husband every time run away from the house. If I caught him, uh, this woman, then he just want to come back in a year's time and he hide him. I mustn't know where he stay. What can I do? Okay, Mufti, please advise. Remember, in a case like this, where it seems the husbands are playing hide-and-seek with their wives, they go away, maybe they got friends, they get busy with drugs or smoking, Allah alone knows, or they got girlfriends and mistresses, they get use them as a spare wheel, and then they just want to come to back home, and Allah says, how can everything be okay? It's not okay. So you, the women, you got two, three options. You must tell your husband, first thing we're going to do, he must go for an AIDS test to see that he is not affected with AIDS or sexually transmitted diseases and so forth. Because in Islam, Islam does not say that if the husband is now here and there and everywhere and we don't know what he's doing, so that is going to impact on you negatively, your life will be destroyed, so you have all the right to do that. Secondly, you must tell him you're giving ultimatum. If he goes away again, then you're going to go to the ulama, MJC, imams, and apply for a fasakh annulment of marriage because he's not giving you nafaka and maintenance for the one week or one month or whenever he's going away. So you have many reasons there. So you need to make your your stance, your standpoint very, very clear to your husband. Now, Mufti, I'd like to know, I'm 49. Lately, I've experienced my hate twice in a month. This time I had the second time on the 28th of March. Until now, still experiencing spotting. Now it's already 24 days. When do I start my salah, uh, Mufti? According to the Shafi'is, remember the maximum period for your menses is 15 days. And then after that, you must wait for 15 days, clean days. So the minimum clean days between two menses is 15 days. That's according to Hanafis and Shafi'is. Hanafi say the maximum period of menses is 
10 days, while the Shafi say 15 days. But between two menses, the minimum period of clean days is 15. So meaning if you experience any spotting, bleeding during that time, that is classified as istihara, so you must continue reading your salat, but for every salat you will perform a fresh wudu, and then you continue with your salat. Shukran Mufti. And then uh, SMS in from uh, says, uh, I am Amir. I recently embraced Islam. MashaAllah. All the best to you, inshaAllah, Mufti. MashaAllah, brother, sister, anybody embrace Islam, always remember the great tidings mentioned in the Quran, Kareem. Tell the people who abstain from kufr and disbelieve and now they became Muslim, their sins are forgiven of the past, the fukukullah. So all the sins they committed against Allah, Allah forgives them. Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the hadith in Mishkat Sharif, Verily Islam erases the sins of the past. So my brother, my sister, my advice to you will be that you should read Surah 3, Surah Al-Imran, verse 8. رَبَّنَا لَا تُزِيْخْ قُلُوبَنَا Oh beloved Allah, do not let our hearts get deviated after you have given us guidance. وَهَبْ لَنَا مِلَّدُنْكَ رَحْمَةً Oh Almighty Allah, grant us from your side the special mercy. إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْوَهَابِ Indeed you are the best of givers. And go to a sheikh or a sheikha, if the male, go to a male, female, female. And inshallah you keep on learning something new of Islam every day. Inshallah. Final question for this evening, Mufti. I'm married to a very affluent person, but unfortunately our marriage may be, det- may be terminated due to continued problems. We have a civil marriage, which is a community of property being 50% of assets each. The civil marriage happened by default, and my husband was not aware of all civil marriages, etc., etc. The question, however, is, my husband insisted I stay at home. What can I claim according to Sharia after divorce, Mufti? I do not want to go the civil way of 50-50. Remember, sister, that your marriage, COP, community of property, and your husband was an affluent person. So whatever you put in, capital or otherwise, remember, you know, it can be other things, jewelry or whatever. So remember, that belongs to you. And whatever belongs to him, belongs to him. Don't use the loophole of your matrimonial regime, and that is the COP, community of property, and start claiming 50%. Remember, that will be un-Islamic, especially now that you are divorced. But whatever your husband gave you while your marriage subsisted, remember that belongs to you, and he cannot take anything. If he gave you a car, he gave you a house, he gave you jewelry, all this belongs to you. Remember the Quran Sharif is very clear on that issue. Surah 4 verses 21, 22. That even after divorce, the husband or the family of the husband, no one can take back anything from you. That's absolutely haram and it belongs to you. Shukran indeed, Mufti. That concludes all our questions. Alhamdulillah, we've received more than 90 questions uh, this evening. But of course, we can't get through everything, so the rest we'll post in our next program. We've got about two minutes left for, for some nasikha. I know Mufti want to go make Isha as well. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. All of us are aware that we are in the month of Rajab. And according to some history books, on the 27th of Rajab, 
the miraculous nocturnal journey of Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi sallam took place. The journey from Makkah Mukarramah to Masjid Al-Aqsa that is known as Isra. And that is mentioned in the beginning of the 15th Jews, the 15th part of the Noble Quran, Subhanallah, in the beginning of chapter 17. And from there to Masjid Al-Aqsa, and from there to the seven heavens. So all this happened, and we, the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, believe it was physically, bodily, in the state of awakeness. It was not a dream or a vision. Now the question we need to ask ourselves, what were the gifts? that were given to Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam on this great, magnificent occasion. The hadith is mentioned in Sahih Muslim authentic hadith. Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wasallam received three gifts. One is the five salat. We read five times and we get reward of 50. The second is the last two verses of Surah Baqarah from Amana Rasul Bima Unzila تَلْوَعْفُ أَنَّا وَغْفِرْ لَنَا وَرْحَمْنَا مَوْلَانَا فَانْسُرْنَا عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ So that were two verses were revealed and given to Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam on the occasion of Mi'raj, try and by Hati, they are excellent verses. And when we read it, وَعْفُ then, Ya Allah, the past forgive me. وَغْفِرْ لَنَا The current and present, Ya Allah, cover my vices and sins. وَرَحَمْنَا And the future, Ya Allah, envelope me in your mercy. Allah says, فَأَلْتُ 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 I have done so. So imagine we by heart it and we read it beautiful. And the third one, the great tidings. For that person who passes away and did not commit kufr and shirk, any blasphemy, polytheism, then the person goes to Jannah. The esteemed listeners of Voice of the Cape, I just want to bring your attention towards two, three things quickly. Number one, every act of Islam that became compulsory, zakat, hajj, fasting, was compulsory here on the land and sand. But Salat became compulsory in the heavens and skies to show us the importance and significance of Salat. Therefore, tonight, my dear brother, my dear sister, make that firm intention, never will I miss one Salat again in my entire life, inshallah. That's number one. On 27th Rajab, and remember it was a Friday, the year was 1187, Salahuddin Ayyubi Rahimahullah liberated Palestine. So always remember Salahuddin Ayyubi's contribution. Who will be the next Salahuddin to liberate Palestine from the apartheid Zionist regime? We know we are so passionate in Cape Town about Palestine, about Masjid al-Aqsa. So tonight, my dear brother and sister, go into Sajda and beg Allah. Ya Allah, show us in our lifetime the freedom and liberation of Masjid al-Aqsa. And my last message, I really do apologize. I think there were some jinnats around here in Pretoria. So therefore, we had to get the bed line. But anyway, we try our best to convey the message to you, Bamsdain, brother, and to the entire team of Voice of the Cave, my listeners. Barakallahu feek, jazakallahu khairan, assalamu alaikum, barahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallahu khair to you, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, Allah protect and guide you, inshallah. And of course, we look forward to speaking to you again next week, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And of course, uh, to all the listeners, uh, shukran indeed for participating, for all your questions. As I said, we will deal with the other SMSs that came in in our next program, inshallah. Until the next time, from myself, Muhammad Zain Majid. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.